Travel Kit for the Mental with San Canessa. Rise and stretch. Thank you for this cup of coffee for I don't know why I need to get up. I'm San Canessa welcoming you to Survival Kit for the Mental. Squeezing your mind and gut tightly from Central America. I'm a painter, artist, noisemaker, mover shaker, neurodiversity activist, bipolar queer human from El Salvador. Yes, that tiny little nugget below Mexico, below Guatemala. Gratitude for my friends and family who keep making me make sense of this life. What would I do without you? Thank you for voices in my head that guide me to record these fascinating, controversial rants in which I get to explore my own mentals, mental health, and the arts, and what it means to survive these times that make absolutely no sense. Attempting to indeed make sense of it all, Together, maybe, we will create a survival kit to endure our mind and this world. May this podcast inspire you to play and doubt everything. Greetings, Earthlings, and welcome to Survival Kit for the Mental Episode 24, Discerning Identity from Pathology, from Projections, from Diagnosis. So when we deal with mental health issues and tissues, we are triggered and reactive and sometimes even can be victim of the casualties of our neurology, which can result in physical, emotional, somatic, spiritual chaos or confusion, or we are punished by society through shame and silencing of our condition and diction and permission to take charge of our own identity. Whether or not medication is right for you, there should be a widespread allowing and allowance for this conversation to be present in life, for this conversation to be held collectively, communally, and individually with a sense of curiosity, with a sense of no fucking pathology, with a sense of superpower neurological narratives, with a sense of, you know, hypersensitivity, with themes of different forms of awareness and variance in thought, reactive, 
processes, different censoring, different remembering and membering. So this week I was pretty grateful and blown away by the amount of people who are starting to reach out and share their stories with me. I felt not only supported to keep going with this podcast, but I was also shown the power and importance to keep having these conversations openly, transparently, and with no shame. It ain't no pain, no gain. It is no shame, no game. To be honest, there can be all kinds of cases and stories and diagnosis and reactions to diagnosis and reasons for a diagnosis. Like, did you look for your diagnosis? Or did someone else present a diagnosis to you? And the when there's no shame the fascinating and open conversations that can arise and be had from both of these perspectives. I come from a story where when I got diagnosed at 27, it was I who, well, my mother kind of said I should go talk to a psychiatrist just in case. And I've always been fascinated by my variants. I felt different. I felt like depressive and moody and quite constantly in disagreement with my own self and perspectives and even energy levels. I didn't understand how I could be so engaged and fast and creative and sensorially sensitive to later on fall into a narrative of tightness and no interest and no appetite for anything that regarded life and my interests. And so I seeked out my own diagnosis. When I first received it, I was relieved. I did go through a phase of deep identifying with bipolar of researching and reading bipolar stories and finding narratives of similarity and empowerment. You know, with when you select what you read about your neurological identity, you have to be careful because there's texts out there that will really make you feel like shit. And there's texts and books out there that'll empower you to explore who you are within the spectrum. And so I did. And it also took me, because then we entered the medication conversation, it took me around four years to get stabilized, not only from a place where I went, huh, I won't drop my medications, from a place where I said, I don't need to be medicated, I'm over this now, to a place of full surrender to say, wow, I don't know if I'll be medicated forever, but I'll be medicated forever. It's just that forever is such an interesting concept. 
it's a pretty traumatizing word for me also because if I think that I'm going to do one thing for the rest of my life, it gives me anxiety. But this has nothing to do with the fact that we're talking about medication. And so in different groups and sharings, I've noticed a similar and also different way of relating with medication and individual journeys through this and also very much influenced by the difference of who was the one who found and seeked a diagnosis to understand the identity, whether it was your family who told you you were mentally ill, whether it was your lover, whether it was your child, whether it was your community or your workforce, workplace. And depending on this, I noticed that there is a different way of relating not only to the neurological definition of identity with one's own mental health, but also in regards of the pathological diagnosis, stigmatized journey through getting medicated and whether or not your medication and you following treatment makes you feel empowered or it makes you feel like you gave up. So there's all kinds of perspectives and identities and stories and what I found it and to be a tool is the knowing once again, not autonomy, but the discerning between who is thinking what and why one is thinking what. So it's very different to be taking medication and being upset about it and not know why, but truly. To not liking to take medication, but being understanding of why you're doing it. It's the same person but it's two totally different narratives and ways of living through something. And within the mental health, I'm coming to reckon with the importance of fully knowing and discerning why and who you are. And there is no point in seeking for the outside world to compare, oh, they do that and it works, or oh my God, look at them, or they said that it went this way because all these points are valid, but there isn't a, God, not one road. Need to take a slurp there. And so this is hard. You know, I guess now in quarantine with social media, we can put an example We really make up our own stories about people and their journeys and their, you know, roads into themselves. And what I've noticed for myself is that a lot of the times I don't even care to validate or truly investigate why I came to an opinion about a process or a person that deeply. I just like the fact that I made up my mind. And with social media and how fast information is given to us, it's pretty common, I believe. And then come to realize the person you thought all of this about 
has their own struggles and their own journeys, which, you know, most people I know don't put their mood journal or morning pages on their Instagram feed. And so when it comes to this identity within the spectrum of mental neurology and health and illness, one needs to be very careful to only seek relativity and relating to sources that make you feel understood, that make you feel strengthened, that make you feel like you belong, and that ultimately give you humor. Because second tool is humor. I know it's hard in the beginning when you're starting your journey with taking responsibility over your own mental health to find humor in it because the why me the victim the I'm not going to be normal the stigma and shame journey is upon you so how the hell are you going to be humorous and if you can seek that for yourself because culture is humorous how what is actually humorous is the falsity in which people relate to each other in this century. The small talk, the only showing things when they're pretty, the lust for power and to prove that your life is on the right track and on the right place and your partner is amazing and your family is beautiful and your child is gorgeous and your career is phenomenal and your expression is empowered. Like... I mean, it's a satire because who knows what is real? And that is awesome at the same time. And that is part of who we are and what we do in this century. And so more so, the art of relating with what brings you joy and connection and a sense of yourself regardless of the weather is to be treasured. And again, humor. So pathology, diagnosis, and all these kind of controlling, control-based, needing to define a human being that is somewhat undefinable because they don't fit, fit in culture, already has an origin of oppression and pressure against and a separation that even if when you have if you're someone who has a child was separated can even be more triggering and so receiving these books or diagnosis or terms and labels can be truly downplaying if one is not seeking out narratives and stories, literature and research that actually shows the potential of your variancy. And I invite you to see who you are in paper what is your identity you know when it comes to the spectrum and mental health and mental illness and within this narrative or form 
are there spaces where you see that pathology, stigma, and shame are keeping you a little bit like a hidden turtle? And to see curiously and humorously in what areas you could find other narratives. Because this is my message this week. I've found it so important to seek other narratives and points of views when relating to one's neurology and identity. Whether it is an honest conversation with a loved one asking them, how do they perceive your neurology? And how do they perceive their neurology? Because in all this, you know, assumption of normativity, we forget sometimes when we're in the spectrum to ask people that are not personally and individually what it is like for them to be in their neurology and have these interesting conversations because no one is perfectly built to fit culture. But those that we regard as normal are the ones who've done the best job to kind of mold themselves into the cultural expectation. Yet, everyone has their own ticks and kicks. And I love the definition of normal being the one who is true to themselves. That's what normal means. So, yeah. A rant, a chant, a visualization, an invitation, a conversation with a loved one, with your community, with your children, with your partners, with your dog, with your pets, with your favorite books, or with me at mentalpopcorntime at gmail.com. Yeah. It's been a wild week with dealing with what is and having not many stimulations. I wonder what kind of week it's been for you and deep gratitude regardless. Thank you for listening and please keep sharing with me your experiences and your processes and I'll try to nurture and nourish this podcast to continue to serve your interests and questions and stories to support this podcast please subscribe write a review or send it to a friend or a buddy or a grandma and may you have the courage to play and doubt everything lots of love from here and somewhere else till next time bye with San Canesa.